It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 It is currently Monday, December 6th at 10:27 p.m. I'm your host, John Sock, and as always, I'm joined by my, by my main man, best in the business, my co-host, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is. It's another another great day here back in Montreal, you know, back in the regular stew. So we're out here just living it up, getting a, a nice late night recording ball talk sesh, you know. We like to just get after it sometimes in the, the later hours of the evening and just say whatever's on our mind. So I think this is going to be a great one. We also definitely spent an hour before this just riffing, having a great time. <laughs> So we're kind of amped up, honestly. I'm feeling some really good energy right now. You know, I've got I've got a lot going on. We, uh, it's been a really busy time for me, and I'm loving it. I'm having a full of positive energy, full of positive vibes, full of full of basketball, just full mm-hmm. of basketball. It's the only thing I've been doing for the last little bit. That's uh, why everything's yeah. going great. You just gotta love being around the game. It's just such. It just brightens my day. You know, really, I realize that this is something I, I want to do for the rest a month. Ag- 13 months ago, I realized the one thing I want to do for the rest of my life is talk about basketball, be involved with basketball, and just do stuff with basketball. And then mm-hmm. I called Chaz up and I said, we're starting a podcast. And he said, okay, when are we recording? <laughs> yes, and sir. now we have 114 episodes, probably close to 200 hours of us just speaking about basketball. And mm-hmm. there's no way I'd rather have it. I love you, buddy. Let's love kick this too, off. Bud. This is going to be a great episode. <laughs> we're going to talk some high school basketball because uh, your boy was out there. Doing some work, mm-hmm. learning about whatever I can out there. Um, it was at the uh, Zero Gravity Prep Classic. And then we're going to talk some NBA because, we, as we said on our last episode, there's a lot of stuff going down in the NBA, and we just we didn't talk about it. We probably should because it's fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, we're going to get there eventually. We're trying to, but we got a lot of stuff to get through first. First and foremost, obviously, we're we're blessed to be joined by the the man himself, Jay-Z Sock on Twitter. Better catch him while he's blowing up right now because going to the moon right now, the, the Twitter is blowing up. Everyone go check out Jay-Z Sock because he'll let you know everything you need to know about high school hoops and beyond. But he's been out doing doing the great work, just getting hours of hours of tape watching, just getting the notes down. I'm sure he's got over 100 pages of handwritten notes at this point because this man is a psychopath, and we appreciate him for it every single day. So, John Sock, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, some of your favorite players or standout moments from your, your Zero Gravity Classic? First thing I would like to say is, yes, it is over 100 pages of notes. You are completely right. <laughs> I, I realize that for every one of these events, if I want to go for a full weekend, I'm going to need a full notebook. So um, uh, if, uh, if any uh, Amazon staples, whomever wants to sponsor me, yeah. we're looking we need for a notebooks sponsor. Here. Yeah. <laughs> we need bigger notebooks. We need more pages. Um, <laughs> bigger pages, bigger notebooks. Let's go. Um, but no, I had a great time out there. Uh, the ZG Prep Classic. I showed up December 3rd. For uh, I believe at uh, at noon, I think I caught started catching games. Caught a bunch of games on the first day. Second day showed up early around mm. 10 a.m. and just watched a ton. And Friday I showed up 9:30 a.m. and I got to watch every game of the day. I got to watch at least a little bit of every single game. It was great. I was dead tired. I drank so much coffee. I. Uh, I, there's no way I would rather have done it. I had a great time. I met some great people, and I did. I think I did some really great work out there. 
Hey, I mean, that right there with the, the 100 pages of notes is why this is about to be, why, why Jay-Z suck on Twitter and this is about to be the number one place to get any high school basketball information you want to get out of the Northeast because John is on top recruits. of it. We are finding all the recruits. We're talking about them. We're putting the information out there. No one is going under, under, no one is being, is falling under the radar under my watch. All right. If you are playing and I'm at your event, I will not let anyone fall under the radar. And you know what? I think that's a great transition to talk about the first guy I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right. So, on so what showing up to the tournament, I had my my pre-game notes, my pre well, pre-games notes. If we're gonna be honest, <laughs> I go out there, I list all the games that I consider the must-watch with the prospects that I need to see, that I need to get more eyes on, or that I just love to watch. Mm-hmm. I have I I'm already at a point. I have favorite players. I have favorites. You know, I love. There's some. Some teams, I'm like, I need to at least watch 10 minutes of this team because they just they do this so awesome. Bradford Christian is one of those teams. I love to watch them. Uh, I picked them up this weekend in terms of I saw them for the first time this weekend. Great squad, great kids. But one of the 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 reason I found this first kid, his name is Alex Garcia. He is from International Sports Academy based out of Cleveland, Ohio. It's a post-grad program. Um, I found him because I wanted to come watch Springfield Commonwealth Academy and isaiah miranda isaiah mm-hmm. miranda is the biggest story probably in the northeast everyone's everyone's always talking about them everyone everyone has an opinion on him i i love him but i'm not here to talk about him i'm here to talk about the kid that took him out of the game isaiah miranda in my eyes looks like an nba player in the future he definitely has the skill set and the talent and all that it's up to him to keep putting it together keep improving his game keep working on it stay on the right path but this this kid alex garcia kid he's he's 18 probably 19 <laughs> so calling him a kid yeah i was gonna say Alex young Garcia, man. 2023 this is a 2022 this is a young man 2022 Alex Garcia, a young man out of out of uh, international sports academy in cleveland ohio i noticed him because he was playing fantastic defense on isaiah miranda he stripped the ball from him he was bothering him with his length he had great positioning and he wound up getting isaiah miranda benched for a long period of the game just because he was taking him out of the game completely. There was nothing there was nothing that he was just getting locked up. Isaiah Miranda, this is the seven footer. This is the seven footer. This is the seven footer who's shooting threes, step back, and I, I will give Miranda his love. No no Miranda also impressed me this weekend. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not here dumping on Miranda. This is not a slight on Miranda whatsoever. This is hyping up Alex Garcia. This kid mm-hmm. has had one division offer he one offer he was telling me. He's probably gonna, looking at mostly D2s. I think without a doubt, this kid belongs at a D1, mid-major, high-major level. He is that good a defender. He has the tools. He has the he has the he has the smarts, and he has the work ethic from what I from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that he's a day one contributor at that high level, so I think a lot of schools are going to be turned off. Also because of he's such a defensive player, but he guarded Isaiah Miranda day one, bothered him to the end of to the end. Lock this man up. Best defense I've ever I've seen anyone play on Isaiah Miranda. Period. Period. Mm. Period. I've gotten to watch Isaiah Miranda play four times now. Yeah. I've gotten to see him go go against Division One players, whole teams where the scheme is ready for him. I, I've gotten to see him play tons of competition, tons of different competition. This guy coming off the bench at International Sports Academy out of Cleveland, Ohio, has done the best job guarding him far and away. And just give me a, a quick breakdown. You know the measurements, position. Who, who is this kid? So he's a six foot nine wing with very very good size for 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 a wing, long arms. He I, I got him on an interview. 
Um, and he told me he was 6'7 with a 6'10 wingspan, but he stood taller than me. <laughs> he's also listed at 6'9, so I don't really know who to believe anymore. I don't know if he's trying to be nice, if he's, uh, you know, first first interview jitters or whatever. But this is this is kid is tall. 6'7 right? in socks. 6'7 in socks. I, he'll... <laughs> If he's on your program, you're gonna list him at six nine at the at the shortest. <laughs> Wingspan is definitely a plus. Definitely mm. taller than it, longer than his height. He covers so much space with his arm with his arms across. He looks like he could be playing for the for the for the Milwaukee Bucks. Just with that much length, you know, you know they love their lengthers out in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and their internationals. Uh, I believe he's actually from Cleveland. So yeah, uh, I mean. P- Puerto Rican heritage, though. He has a Puerto Rican uh, flag on his uh, on his jersey. Uh, I hope I didn't get that wrong. I, th- I called it a Chilean one at first, and the coach was like, no, no, Puerto Rico. So I'm hoping I got that right. I feel really bad if I didn't. Yeah, I mean, now, you, now it's the coach's fault if you did. I, 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 it's, it could be me completely misquoting the coach also. I'm going to be honest. Um, but no, this kid, he's got very good traditional measurements for a wing. Also, really good handle. Mm. Really good handle. Multiple times. Okay, so hold on. Let me do this slower. Game one, Springfield Commonwealth Academy focused the entire game just defending Isaiah Miranda that was the big thing all my notes stood out to when I went back all of it was he's he's guarding Isaiah Miranda better than anyone I've ever seen second game I show up I'm watching with with a couple other uh with a couple other scouts and I'm like look at this kid when he gets on the floor and look at the way he defends and he has matched up with Kyle Filipowski (laughs) who is a top 10 player going to Duke and definitely going to the league um didn't go as well but did not go bad. Still was probably the best defender that ISA had. I I haven't been able to watch a lot of Kyle Filipowski. Gonna be honest, I I've gotten to see him twice. Both times were blowouts. I watched Papa Conte of South Kent defend him. Did a really good job. Garcia was not as good as Papa Conte, but Papa Conte is a high high major level player. <laughs> Still, Garcia did a good job bothering him with his length. Did a good job sliding around on defense. Did a good job positioning himself. As a help defender off the ball, again stuff I noticed. I was like, "This is this is worth watching." Day three, ISA got to play a team without an NBA player, <laughs> which is very nice for the guy who's guard who has to match up with an NBA player every every time. They got to play, I believe it was New Horizon Academy from from Ontario. From Ontario, uh, I don't know where Ontario is. Ontario, Canada? Yes, that's the joke, sir. Um, from Ontario, Canada. There is an Ontario, California. That's why I had to ask. Okay, that's actually very fair, then. I'll take that back. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they both would be Ontario, CA, so who knows? Nah, exactly. I, know they're, I know they're a Canadian team. I know they're a Canadian team. And he impressed me again. This time, this time I saw a lot more of the stuff that I was... I, I watched... I, I showed up with the goal of watching Garcia. This game, I, I had it circled after the, after the Wilbraham and Monson game. After they played the Filipowski, uh, the Filipowskis, I was like, I want to come watch this guy one last time and just see what I can find. And he really impressed me again. He was grabbing defensive rebounds and taking them right off the rim, running into offense, starting a transition, starting a transition himself, bringing it up and setting up the offense by himself. He was he didn't need a guard to do it for him. It was really impressive. He had a tight handle. He didn't use it to get to the rim, which was not. I would have liked to see some of that. I didn't see him do anything at the rim, honestly, that game, which was very weird for me. I was trying to track that. He hit two good mid-rangers. He was two for five on threes, including a pull-up three. Uh, he missed two of the threes that he missed 
were one was at the end of a shot clock where he took a kind of like pull up type three, and the second one was a catch and shoot over the break, uh, where the shot clock was winding down. I think he didn't realize how much time was actually on the shot clock. The shot clock was winding down. You could tell his teammate was was uh, starting to freak out a bit. He's calling for it. He gets to the top. He shoots it. It doesn't go in, but it looked good. Mm-hmm. His shot looks fine. Uh, the defensive positioning, I felt he was always in a good help position on defense, which is really huge when you've got massive arms like he does. And just Oh, and one other thing that stood out. Last thing I'm going to say before we move on. I feel like I've been rambling <laughs> at this point. He's got massive hands. I watched him catch one pass with one hand, catch it, palm it off the catch, and then throw it all one-handed. That's very big for basketball. I was like, that is insane. (laughs) It was one that I watched him do it a few times. I was like, this is really impressive. Just the coordination to to catch the pass like that and throw it, but also just the means of being able to do that all under control. It didn't look like he was throwing some wild, errant pass with it. He looked like he knew what he was doing from the moment he caught it to the moment it left his hand. It didn't feel like he was ad-libbing or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he did, yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy like that, especially out of Cleveland, Ohio, I would not be surprised if he continues to impress during his, I assume, senior season or post-grad season here. If he does pick up a few more offers in that Northeast, North Midwest, you know, the the Big Ten and the ACC do love their defensive basketball. So if anyone gets some looks at him and sees that those type of defensive things that you're seeing, I'm sure he'll be picking up some more offers. But there any other guys, players, teams you think that, that's particularly stood out to you this weekend? Uh, while, we're, while we're still on guys... Uh, there was a guard out of Fort Erie International Academy that I w- it would be wrong not to speak about. J- Jaden, Cl- J- wait, I've got his name written down. I don't want I don't want to botch up the names. I feel really I've been reading names all weekend, and I don't want to say the wrong name and feel like a bad person. It's um, not Jaden Clayton, is it? It is Jaden Clayton. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, Jaden Clayton out of Fort Erie International Academy. He had transferred there the week before from Dream City out in Arizona. Hmm. Could not tell for a second. He looked like he had been an elder statesman there, playing there for four years. He looked like a four-year senior, the way he just knew every. He, he was. Hear me out when I say this. He was the best point guard there the entire week. The entire weekend, he was the best point guard. And when I say point guard, I don't mean one. I don't mean the guy that plays the one. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Rashad Phillips right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at his definition of a point guard, a guy that shows up and knows how to control the offense and find the and find the right, make the right pass, control the offense, but also score on his own. Have a good have a good balance of both. Very, uh, he, he, it was it was like it was a piece of DNA ripped right out of Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, in that he just knew how to get his teammates involved. He was this ultra cerebral player. That was paired with Leonard Miller, who I uh, Chad's laughing. Chad knows who he is. Under un, uh, not as well known as he should be, but six eleven wing, super monster athlete, dunks on everybody, shoots threes, crazy free throw shooter. From what I saw, I, I, I Miller brought the chaos, brought the buckets. Clayton came in and was a steady presence, tenacious on defense, working every second he was on the floor, getting steals, locking up man taking everything personally at their first game, all the Canadian teams struggled game one because you know, you have to fly in, yeah. find a COVID test, get everything going. I talked to Ridley college who explained to me that they lost, they, they, they got, I think 20 pieced in their first game and he told, and, but then they 
they killed it the rest of the weekend. But he told me, he's like, yeah, we spent five hours trying to find a COVID test because we need to get our whole team COVID tested so we can fly home. I'll, I'll write that off. You're, a, you're in high school. You know, you're in, you're in a tiny van. Your knees yeah. are in your chest right now. You're, you walk out, you step up, and your hips are jacked up. Your hips are so jacked up, you're like, you look mm-hmm. like a triangle. Um, <laughs> but the 40-year international team came in. They were looking a little rough. They've lost, they were down six against Western New Notre Dame West Haven. And in those last in the last about three minutes of play, Leonard Miller would score would go two of two from three, four for four from the line and with a fast and with a fast break dunk. But the player that stood out to me in the moment I walked in was Jane Clayton. Jane Clayton. I showed up and he was yelling. First thing, it was dead ball, he was yelling. Everyone we gotta get on D, yelling out the defensive assignments, pointing people in the right directions. Arms wide. Everyone had their arms wide because they could tell he was commanding them on that. Ball comes in. He creates a steal. He creates chaos. He cre- brings the pressure on the ball handler. It was it was impressed. He impressed me from the moment he showed up. Obviously, then Miller blew me away. But then for the next two games, I was there. I was watching Clayton never made a bad play. Every single time, he was making the right pass, the right move, never getting caught on anything, never letting anything bother him. A missed whistle did not bother him whatsoever. It was it was awesome to watch. This is a kid that needs to be on everyone's on everyone's radar. He is that good. Uh, Size. If you class. let him go to a mid, if you let him go to a mid major, he's gonna Fred Van Vliet somebody in March. <laughs> Size class. He's a 2022, 2023. He's about a six uh, three guard class of 2022, doing his post grad year right now up at Fort Erie International Academy, or Beautiful. might be a reclassed senior. But either way, his final year of high school up at Fort Erie. You mentioned earlier a little bit of how you've uh, gone a few of these showcases. Now you're starting to see some some teams, some programs you really enjoy watching. Were there any that you think you, you saw this weekend that you can add to that list or that you got to see again this weekend that continued to impress you? I I mentioned Bradford Christian earlier just as a team I'd love to see. And that's just because they have so many young players that, that work so hard. George Turkson was incredib- incredibly impressive. I had a bunch of tweets about him. He will be covered extensively in uh, my my media write-up, but I just loved the way that he was unbothered, challenging everything at the rim, even when it didn't go well for him. And I actually got blessed in my last game. I got to watch Bradford Christian play Central Point uh, Central Point Blue. That team was the was the team that was really impressing me. That was a team I got I uh, I was sitting with the coach by accident just on the first day. I asked him some question. We talked a little bit. He said, "Yeah, I'm I'm on this team. We'll be playing." I'm like, "Hey, I'll come I'll come out to watch." They wound up playing Springfield Academy, and just impressed me. They were down almost 20 points. I think it was 18 to one. I was with some I was with some I was watching with some people. They all walked away at this point. They're like, "All right, this is over." <laughs> and I had almost felt like Central Point took it personally. I mean, 18 to one. Gotta say, easiest comeback is when it's at the very beginning. They. They came in clawing, attacking everything, playing hard pressure defense, just led by so many. It, it, it felt like the moment one, it, it was almost like a unit. I, I couldn't even, I mean, I wanted to watch them a few more time, another time. And of course I did notice them, but it almost, you almost didn't notice when they were running subs. Cause it was just <laughs> another kid, another player out there working their butt off, getting in the, in their, in their man's face, trying to cause chaos, trying to create steals, trying to get that ball turned over. And they did it. They made this into a game. This was a blowout. The Springfield team was taking it, was loafing. There was missed, uh, missed dunks, missed whatever. They were, 
trying fancy stuff, having fun, and you know what? I love seeing that. I love seeing that too. It's still nice to see a blo- uh, to see uh, to see. There's nothing more fun than watching guys have fun. Yeah, especially at this age in high school. Mm-hmm. Central Point was ready to have fun. <laughs> Locked in, caused a ton of steals, caused a ton of caused a ton of turnovers. Very well coached team. It was awesome to see him see him perform. They didn't they did not get the win in the end, but still it was great to watch them work that hard and put up that valiant effort, even though it didn't come out to a dub. I mean, the fight like that obviously is something that's hugely important, especially in high school, because that just that that can flip games on its own. You know, as talented as some of these kids are and can be, at the end of the day, like they are all still in high school for the most part. Although you do have a couple people that like to to make some different birth certificates depending on where they're at, but for the, for the <laughs> most part, they are all high school kids. And these guys, if you go out there, especially if you try to showboat or go a little too crazy at the beginning of the game, like. Don't, don't ever count yourself out of a game. Don't ever count your opponents out because people will catch up to you real quick, especially in the, the modern game now where every kid is just pulling half-court threes as soon as they walk in the gym. You don't know what might happen to you. You could go be on the wrong end of a 15-0 run real quick. I mean, if you want to talk about pulling up with half-court threes, um, in that game, actually, Isaiah Miranda hit some just ridiculous shots. <laughs> I, I I said I would give Isaiah Miranda his roses. Here are his roses. Isaiah Miranda was just so stupidly good i didn't even know what to do i i was sitting with a coach uh and i looked at i looked over at isaiah miranda had the ball i think on like at the like i can't remember if it was the half court or the or the left left half court or mm-hmm. left wing drove in did some like crazy like step back between the legs dribble barely gets on balance but does hits a little fadeaway three kicking his legs out swish I, I didn't even know what to do. I look at the coach and we just start laughing. It was it was just stupid. It was so good. It didn't make sense. It was ridiculous. It was awesome. He had a bunch more threes like that. He had some crazy dunks. He had one finish that I just loved. I loved. There was a pick and roll and his uh, his, his guard threw it a little too far. And I mean Isaiah Miranda. He's 7-1. He's got these long arms. Even then he had to extend all the way out and he just... Caught it, tapped it in like it was nothing. He got an and one on it too. It was awesome. <laughs> really impressive. Mm-hmm. And before I move off of Miranda, I want to say this. This is something I've been pointing out to everyone, everyone who will listen to me at this point. Which is everybody I, listening here because you you chose to, and we appreciate all, you for it. All, 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 all nine of our usual <laughs> listeners. Um, we love you guys. <laughs> we really do. You mean a lot to us. But Isaiah Miranda, as a shooting big, nails people on screens. I watched him miss one screen. On I've watched him set a good amount of screens. I started tracking it, I think, the second game this weekend. He missed one man on a screen. Every other time he set a screen, he hit somebody. And he hit them. He didn't he, it wasn't like a great it, he he legitimately impacted the plays the plays with his screening on and off ball. At one point he even pointed someone out to take an off ball screen from him. Mm-hmm. I believe it was for number or this for Alvin Baez on uh, on his team 2023 guard called him for a, for a low screen set it off ball hit the man got him wide open for the three mm. it was it's really you don't see that a lot from shooting bigs usually those are the kind of guys that are like eh, I'll set a screen and you know I'll, I'll, I'll slip and I'll pop out to the three point line no, Miranda <laughs> <Stops. hits guys. laughs> Miranda hits guys yeah I love it. It was really impressive to me. 
It's those little things that I really like to see that give me a lot of hope for the for the kid in his future. I really think he's gonna be. I really think he can be really good. Yeah, that's usually important, especially nowadays when so many players are able to shoot so quickly. You got a lot of guards who are very well trained to come off that screen. If you ever see any type of space, you pull that because that's an open shot. So if you're a big man who also happens to be a lights out three point shooter is hitting rock hard screens, that means guys are gonna have to hedge up or you're gonna have a wide open three. And when they hedge up. He is going to be wide open, and if he isn't, it's because they rotated, and he's going to make the good pass. So that's going to be huge if he can continue to do that. What I, what I will ask you just for me, because I, I probably won't be able to get to the next classic that you go to, is that do take a look at what guards are bringing him into those screens and what screens he's setting for who, because I just want to make oh. sure there's a good relationship you can develop to make sure it is a good responsibility of the guard to bring the player into the screen. Mm-hmm. So... I'm sure he's setting his feet and making good contact, but if he's getting it with a bunch of different guys all over the floor, then that will really show that he's, I think, an elite screener and at least pick and roll, man. The the two that I can say, the, the one that I can say for certain was Royce Williams, mm. uh, a 2022 guard for Springfield Commonwealth. I know that he, he, he got in, into some of those screens. And just while we're talking about those guards, Warren Keel, freshman at Springfield, really impressed me and impressed a lot of other people. Still young, still a little under crazy handle, insane, insanely fast, moves the ball well. Looked like he could shoot a little bit. I, I got to watch a lot more of him, but he was someone. He's someone that I'm keeping an eye on, and it just seems like every time I watch this Springfield Commonwealth team, someone else is impressing me. It's such a, it's a really impressive program with some really impressive players. Hey, I mean, a freshman, he's got. You'll have to see him more for sure, but he's got plenty more to show. I'm sure he's, he feels got, like he's ready to go. I've got plenty of time to get eyes on it, on him. <laughs> yeah, I'll get plenty of time to watch him again. But I'm I'm hoping to get out and see this Springfield team is a team that I love to watch. Just so many good players on it. Gonna any try other, to be as many uh, of those games as I can be. Mm-hmm. Any other standout talents, individuals, or teams that you think really impressed you over the weekend? I'm happy you gave me this question. I, I think it'll be a good place to close it. I want to talk about Trey Norman from uh, from Worcester Academy because I haven't seen enough of him to write about him in the roundup. I I saw he, he was in foul trouble in the game. I got to watch at the new England at the, uh, NERR new England or the NERR prep prep championship prep showcase two mm-hmm. weeks before he was in foul trouble. Didn't get a lot of minutes. And the Worcester Academy game was a blowout. So I, I, I wasn't sitting there the entire time. I saw a lot of what I wanted to see. I went to, I went out. I was like, let me watch some other stuff going on. See what's going, see what's, see what's happening and where, um, this kid just has crazy body control and footwork. <laughs> like it is, it is just so stupidly good. I watched him get doubled in the post and still somehow do a drop step to get wide open. It was, I've never, I, I looked at, I'm like, did, did, did he just like, teleport through one of the defenders is he like danny phantom through a defender right there i don't know how he did it demar derozan would be proud <laughs> he had a little mid-range pull and i was like okay D- okay derozan but he, he, he has really good footwork and really good body control in the post mm. he had 29 free throws in a game against in in uh in their game the day before not at the zg prep classic so i didn't get to watch it Got to the line, gets to the line a ton. Whenever I'm watching him, he's able to get to the line. And I mm-hmm. mean, when you got body control like that, of course. Yeah. Just this stout guard, really strong, really smart. 
Yes, um, class, size. He is where are we looking for him? 2023? I'm trying to find the paper so I don't get it wrong. So he is listed at 6'3", 195. He is class of 2023. I believe he is a true class of 2023. He is not reclassed from what I understand. Mm. Uh, just very impressive player. Like, very impressive. Someone I want to see a lot more of. I wish I had seen more of him so I could get it, so I could talk more about him. I, I've just not had that opportunity. But I will be getting around, getting to more of these, getting more eyes on these players. He is a player that's very high on my list of... Uh, uh, on the list of players that I want to keep watching, there's some, there's a lot of talent there, and whatever coach, which and a coach is going to find it and hopefully take full advantage of it at one point. I mean, any big guard that's, you know, a little bit younger, I guess, a, a sophomore, probably a 15, 16, still with a lot of, a lot of talent, a lot of years left in the tank to continue to grow, maybe get a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger, but to already be able to move like that with that type of size and get to the line. There's a, a lot of things that I think a lot of coaches could see that and be like, I, yeah, I can I can build an offense around that. He looks like he'll probably be able to play some pretty good defense. We can we can have that run our team. <laughs> and it truly truly his his ability it, his ability to just like control his body both on drives in the post. I I it, I, ha, I have yet to see another high school player do anything like it this mm. this 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 year. I have yet to see any high school player doing anything like it this year. The way that he just knows how to handle it, absorbs contact, makes the makes a good good tough finish. It was awesome. It was great to see. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see more. Can't wait to see more. Big big fan of Trey Norman going forward. Someone to keep an eye on. All right, that's um, it's a good. Is there anything else you want to add? I think we're pretty good I, there. I, I think I think we're we're pretty good here. I have a a less rift, more written. Very well written piece coming out very soon. Probably just on my Instagram through a PDF mm-hmm. where I'm going to be talking about some of these players that stood out the most to me. Just that I was able to get enough eyes on to put the uh, ball talk stamp stamp of approval on some yeah. of these players like Trey Norman, who I just mentioned, I was not able to see enough film. I was not able to see, or see enough, uh, enough in person to really write a cohesive mm-hmm. report. So unfortunately, I will not put them in that one. I will be watching more games, writing more of these. But I'm just going to put a couple of these guys that I saw, put something big out there so everyone can see it. I'll probably be doing a little roundup of some of these other prospects that I've had my eyes on at some point in it. And, uh, you know, tuned into the Twitter for more information coming coming whenever. Yeah, Jay-Z Sock on Twitter, you know, Ball Talk John Sock on IG, Ball Talk Official on Instagram. Just in case you forget where to find the other two, you can always find them with us. Mm-hmm. And then Shoot I guess we'll DM whenever we'll, we we're, we're happy to talk and set you up with the other accounts too. We, mm-hmm. we love it. And I guess we'll, we'll move it over to the NBA where we do a lot of our other stuff normally. Our, our primary <laughs> focus, our, our typical focus. But I mean, the way that John's just been getting after it, you hear this man 930 AM in the gym and he doesn't even have a game. He's just there to watch. So we, we got to love it. Everything that he's doing, but we'll, we'll kick it over to the NBA where there have been, a bunch of stories going around, like we said before, and I think we alluded to it at the end of last episode. We we'll, should discuss it a little bit more now. The Portland Trail Blazers cut ties with the now former general manager and president of basketball operations, Neil O'Shea, on Friday, December 3rd, amidst a month-long investigation into workplace culture faltered, fostered by O'Shea within the Blazers' front office and organization. Firing also comes on the heels of their CEO, Chris McGowan, resigning, effective November 26th, the week before. 
during the investigation, that resignation comes, obviously, and when asked about it, he said he didn't know anything. And it also came the night after their worst loss of the season, a 31-point route at home against the then 16-13 and San Antonio Spurs. A lot of things to unpack about the situation. First and foremost, I think we should start with the investigation, which resulted in the Blazers' firing of Olshay due to his violations of the team's code of conduct. That is the Blazers' words right there, not mine. And... Of course, you don't want a tyrant or a terrible human being running your organization. But, John, they just let him hire a new head coach this summer. Why? Yeah, that's just... <laughs> I, I, that, that, thank you for throwing me a question that I'm just going to sit here and bumble on because I don't even know. <laughs> it's pretty much any time you bring in a new GM, they're going to bring in their new coach. Mm-hmm. They've got a buddy. They've got their guy. They've got the guy who's going to take their idea of what an NBA team should be and realize it. Mm-hmm. They're going to take the guy that says, I've got the idea. You, they come in, they've got their ideas for a team. They find the guy that can take those ideas and write a story with it. And that story ends with the championship. Yeah. Very rare. <laughs> that you hire a GM and the GM is like, yeah, this coach that was sitting there. Yeah. He's the guy. I like him. He's perfect. He, he just gets me, man. He's the one I want. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't I I mean I kind of want to check out that Chauncey Billups contract how much of it is guaranteed <laughs> I uh yeah I'm sure I mean look end of the day mm-hmm. Jody Allen is paying all the salaries she wants yeah and I don't think that you I don't think that she's going to fire the GM hire a new one and then not let the new one hire a new coach mm-hmm it might meant- put a little bit of a financial strain on on him. He might not be able to get to the numbers he wants, but that's not that's that's not something that I consider ball talk coverage worthy because I think that's up to the owner. Mm-hmm. It's fully up to the owner. So until until we see, until we hear, I'm willing to say, look, like I still don't think look, like I don't I don't have any issues with the Chauncey Bluffs hiring. Yep. You and I both came on, we talked about the Chauncey Bluffs hiring a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um and for anyone, yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Chauncey. A bunch. I feel bad for him that he, now he's going to be stuck in this lame duck-ish role. Mm-hmm. But I'm... It is, I mean, at the end of the day, for Chauncey Billups, I think a lot of people thought this was a little bit early for him to get into the head coaching game. And I won't be surprised to see him become an assistant coach after the season when they bring in a new GM, and he probably is no longer the head coach. But they ha- he's got a shot, I mean, for the next 60 games here. They got Joe Cronin coming in as their interim GM right now, who is uh, apparently the salary cap guru of the team. And that leads me to believe that in about a week's time here, a little bit longer, December 15th is when most of the free agents that were signed become available for trades. Do you think Damian Lillard's slow start had any effect on how bad this roster looked and how that reflected on O'Shea? And also, do you think Cronin is just going to start fire-selling this team in a month? Uh, I will first say I don't think that Olshea was fired. I actually don't even know what to think of the Olshea firing. Yeah. we kind of. I kind of skipped over it because the Blazers, I mean, they said violated the team's code of conduct. There's there's not much else to say. Well, yeah, but then you listen around to like the, Dan DeCow's did a, did a little, little podcast piece where he talked about how horrific his time at the Blazers was and 
basically just said that Neil O'Shea's like a, a, an a hole. I don't want to. Yeah. That's what DeKal said. That's that's what DeKal mm-hmm. gave a, a thing for vis, uh, aggregating Vicini's aggregating of DeKal's story, <laughs> quoting someone else. That's not me saying it. I don't know Neil O'Shea. Don't come at me. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that being an a hole is violating. How about this? I don't think that being an a hole is grounds for firing without uh, firing with cause, mm-hmm. depending on how big of an a hole you are. And it sounds like, from what I understand, he was just a yeller. He would get mad, and he was a little aggressive. Not not physically, like verbally aggressive. When you're working with hundred million dollar businesses, I can understand how the stress could get to you eventually. Yes. Um, I don't know that this will become a. So I don't know that. I, I guess the slow start must have played into it. But I don't think that you blame a coach for a slow start, a GM for a slow start. That's just not a fundamentally how you evaluate a GM, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You can blame a GM for a horrific start. If the team just looks fundamentally flawed, you can blame the GM for that. But you don't. How many? Hard to tell. Over the last six years, the Blazers have been below 20th in defense four times. They were 16th yeah. once. And they were seventh once, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. There's clearly been an issue with this Blazers roster for a long time that Olshay has not fixed. Bringing in Larry Nance Jr. does not fix that. Unless you want to go tell me, oh, they were fine with Norman Powell. Larry Nance Jr. is not fixing, well, they were like 29th last season, bottom five. Very bad. They're not. That's not fixing it. One man mm-hmm. is not fixing that. Tony Snell is not fixing that. Minimum guys are not fixing that. So I don't think you could blame him for that. But maybe they did. Maybe they fired him. I don't, I don't really know. But I will mm-hmm. say I don't think that an interim GM is going to be allowed to do a fire sale. <laughs> um, I the think only... he might do a shakeup. Yeah. I think that it would be in his best interest. Or I think it would be in the team's best interest, maybe his best interest to do a small shakeup. I could see one of Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic being moved. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, would not Very be surprised easily. to see that. <laughs> I, I don't know what ner- either of their values are. I, I think it was uh, La- Danny LaRue that was like, it's likely that one of those two gets moved because they have such weird valuations going into free agency. Maybe they're getting the taxpayer MLE. Maybe they're getting the full MLE. Maybe someone <laughs> throws the uh, 15 million in cap space that uh, yeah. only six teams have at them. Mm-hmm. That was the the main the the two reasons that led me to believe like they the Blazers could potentially go on a fire sale here is because there aren't a lot of teams that have m- money in this offseason and depending on how much they let Cronin get away with they could obviously open up some maneuverability for them but also it's just because he was their salary cap guy so you figure if if Jody's putting him in position then maybe she's going to give him a little bit of free reign but I don't. I also don't really expect him to do much in terms of fire selling the team. I could see one or two moves, but I would be surprised to see him create like forty million in cap space. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, and I don't then, think he'll be allowed to trade Damian Lillard. I doubt he'll be allowed to trade CJ McCollum. I doubt he could even get a particularly good return for CJ McCollum. If we're going to be honest, yeah. I don't know who the team is that comes in and bids for CJ McCollum, especially now that. Tyrese Maxey has emerged so well. The, the Philadelphia 76ers sputtered. Mm-hmm. But I think that the team as a whole still thinks that, hey, look, we missed Embiid for nine days with COVID. Mm-hmm. He's back now. We're working our way back. 
They're 13 and 11. I think they were 10 and 10 when he came back. Yeah. They're already back up to the eighth seed where they were down to the 11th seed. I don't think that they're trying to sell Ben Simmons for someone who is not a nice fit next to Tyrese Maxey for one. Mm -hmm. Unless you're throwing in the assets to make it a, a can't miss deal. I don't think that they have this same urgency to go out and go get another lead guard. So I think that that was probably the best deal that uh, Portland had available and is gone. I don't see another deal unless you can convince maybe New Orleans to move on from Brandon Ingram. That was something we talked about during the offseason, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's I – don't, I don't see any other teams that I think would be making a move for a C.J. McCollum. I mean – it came to my head. It's, I don't think it's possible because I don't think the Blazers would want to saddle themselves with him. But is is there any way the Nets call up Kyrie Irving for CJ and just say, "Hey, like we'll take him if you guys want to have him"? <laughs> I, I, I don't. Th- I think that every team is so scared of the Kyrie thing right now. Yeah. My my hot take is I think that he, re- I, I wouldn't be shocked if he retires after this season. I mean, call he could like do a it. sixty a six. Call it like a like a forty percent chance. 35 i i don't know how much he wants to play basketball and i think he was presented with an opportunity to not play basketball and still get paid and Mm. he's probably maybe he's using this year to invest in some nice uh some assets that will keep paying him for a long time nice little passive wealth yeah i mean there was something he does have a player option next year i'm pretty sure which is going to be interesting to see what the nets do with that because I guess he is within his rights to accept it, but it doesn't seem like anything's changing anytime soon. And uh, it would be pretty surprising for him to saddle his his homies in KD and James Harden with his salary for no reason. But, I mean, at this point, he looks like he's turning down this entire season salary and then a potential extension that he was probably going to get for the Nets. It's like almost $200 million that Kyrie is passing up on right now. So you got to, uh, I mean, appreciate the, the, the I, I don't know what, the, desire to the cause he's i, I he's desire, remained I, firm on his you gotta beliefs. you gotta you gotta love <laughs> kyrie irving's kyrie irving's dedication to a cause that none of us understand yeah uh quickly i, I think the last thing for the blazers really uh the articles that i was reading about neil o'shea i heard some names brought up as potential candidates um i was just gonna throw some out there like you see what you think brand barry of the spurs Tayshawn Prince of the Grizzlies, Mark Eversley of the Bulls, Scott Perry of the Knicks, and then the one, the only, from Oregon, Danny Ainge. If Eversley they get t- Danny Ainge, I think he is just, I think that his ruthless style would be really good there. <laughs> I, I think that Danny Ainge's ruthlessness got a little too big in uh, in Boston, but I think for a team like Portland, that needs to go get assets. Denny Ainge did a great job at restocking that cupboard. Yeah. Maybe we can argue that he held on to the cupboard for a little too long. Totally possible. Mm-hmm. Totally possible. Maybe they should have gone all in and gotten uh, Kawhi Leonard. I don't think that anyone's saying that now with how good Jalen Brown is. <laughs> but, hey, maybe they would have won that year. I don't know. That's a that's a big what if. Yeah. Maybe they should have been more aggressive. Maybe they shouldn't have been. All that's to say... Danny Ainge, I think, is just the right level of ruthless to show up, take this org, and make it work. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yusuf, I know you've meant so much to us, but uh, two first-round picks, and it feels really nice right now. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Covington, you're great. You know, I love you as a friend. Yeah. Don't I'll... know where you're going, but let's see if we can recoup some of those first-round picks we sent out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Nance, I don't know. Larry Nance still has value. 
I, yeah. I just feel like he's also been really good at team building and he's got a really good scouting department. And for a team that is completely barren on assets, yeah. let's be complete. Let's be honest. <laughs> right now. They have, they, they, their, their young core is Nas Little, Ant Simons, and Greg Brown. Hey, I well, love Ant Simons. I love Nas Little. Greg Brown is a really intriguing prospect to me. CJ Ellaby just getting catching strays right now. Poor CJ. I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> you, Siege. Um, Dennis Jr. had a good game the, the other night. <laughs> is he the best CJ on the Blazers? No, I love CJ. CJ He's playing really well this season. Um, all I have to say is I would love to see Danny Ainge wind up there. I don't know that it happens. I don't know what where where his head is at right now in terms of returning. Have you heard anything? I haven't. No, I didn't get a chance to really take a look into the Danny Ainge news just because I'm not not one to stay in touch with what Danny Ainge is usually up to personally. But uh, very fair. He I'll would. Call, I'll call his. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a call after this. You know. There you go. I'm, I'm sure go, you I'll can go get to Chipotle and I'll see if he shows up. He, there I'm sure he's somewhere in Boston right now. Apparently, he goes to the same Chipotle I go to. Apparently, hey. some kids have seen him. Uh, the, the university kids have seen him. There you go. I mean, so yeah, I mean, for the the Blazers. It's going to be an interesting season to see what they get up to at this point. I don't, I can't say it's very promising, but uh, Jody Allen is paying the ninth most expensive team in the league that is currently the ninth worst team in the league. So do that is never a good they, sign. Do you think that they can fix it and make the playoffs, or do you think that this is the distraction that derails their season? Yeah, I think that I honestly wasn't very confident on them making the playoffs before this all happened. I think we both probably had them in that play-in range anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, this doesn't boost them into the playoffs by any means in the Western Conference, the way that a lot of these teams are looking right now. So, yeah, this is a season where Damian Lillard might need to win two road games in the play-in for them to lose in the first round this year. Oof. But that... uh... When you say it like that... (laughs) When you say it like that... Yeah, I could see this Minnesota team finishing ahead of them at this point. It's going to be wild to see what what Portland puts on the floor. But Damian Lillard is a superstar. He could just go out there and average fifty for a couple weeks here or there. I I'm I, totally possible. Is he playing right now? I think he's out. Right he's now, hurt. Right? He's hurt. Yeah, that's not helpful. Uh, um, do we want to quickly talk about the uh, the Houston Rockets and yeah, I was going to say the fact that they might never lose a, a basketball game again. Yeah, speaking of teams rolling, the Houston Rockets are 1-16 to start. Now they've won six straight. Can they finish the season 66-16, and 16, John? Oh, definitely. <laughs> as, long, as long as they never play Jalen Green again because he sucks and he's the worst NBA player of all time. I mean, absolutely. He, he went out and what the first game against the Bulls there. He had No one will say he had 11 points in 10 minutes, but he did leave the game. And then uh, ever since, it just seems like the Rockets literally can't touch an L anymore. It's, they're just allergic to it. They're, they're allergic to it because Jalen Green is just the biggest L, and they should have traded the pick for Greg Brown and future considerations. Um, <laughs> they, should have traded, they should have traded the pick for Tristan Thompson, Iman Shumpert, and the Nets pick. Um, so In all seriousness, the... Callback. In all seriousness, <laughs> I obviously the winning is stupidly impressive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. When I say this next thing... It's not to detract from the winning, it's to explain the losing. Mm-hmm. Not surprising at all that when you give the keys of your franchise to a, what, 19-year-old, 20-year-old who struggled to be an efficient scorer in the G League, yeah, you're not going to win a lot of basketball games. Oh, he's out. God. We're going to let Christian Wood play, play with the ball in his hands a bunch again. We're going to get all the vets running again. 
Steven Silas is like, I'm going to get fired if we don't start winning games. <laughs> Steven Silas goes to the vets and says, hey, you guys have no trade values. You can't leave. I'm going to get fired. Let's win some games and remind everyone why I'm here and why you guys deserve to go to a nice championship contending roster. Mm-hmm. Go out, win six games playing behind Christian Wood, who uh, was an all-star level player when he was healthy last year. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's very uh, safe to say. Uh, Alperin Shengun is awesome. Yeah, Eric Gordon's been balling. Stepping up, Eric Gordon is balling out. This team is clicking. Uh, Garrison, can you can say it? Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say Garrison Matthews needs to be picked up by a championship team immediately. The Lakers, if you want a new Caruso, go get Garrison. I, he... <laughs> I don't know how he's on a two way. I I don't know how he's on a two way. This guy I went from watching him on the Wizards. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of Wizards, and every time I watch, I was like, this kid can play. Like, yeah. <laughs> he might not go out and put 40 on your head, but, you know, if you give him, what, how many threes is that? 15? Uh, 13? Let him shoot enough threes, he might. <laughs> yeah, literally. He's just going to go out and shoot, and he does, and he hits. And he brings so much energy on the defensive end. This guy is an absolute rock defender. Like, he'll take charges. He'll also just sky over guys for blocks. He gets steals. He gets in lanes. He puts his body on the line. Like, there's so many things that I honestly love about what Garrison Matthews does, especially because he was doing all this, like John says, on a two-way. Also, just getting zero PT for the entire season. Jalen Green goes out, and he, like, barely works his way into the rotation. Now he's starting, playing, like, 30 minutes a night, scoring, like, 27 with, like, four blocks, two steals. You're just there, like, what is going I don't think he actually had four blocks and two steals. That was a little exaggerated. But (laughs) Garrison Matthews... Sir, a little. (laughs) Garrison Matthews is balling. I will say about the Rockets, though, those six wins, uh, a good win against the Bulls. A good OT win against the Hornets. They played the Thunder twice, Orlando, and the Pelicans. So makes it a little easy. If you're looking at that schedule when you're going into it, I would assume you want to be at least three and three through that one. And the fact that they got the road win against OKC is just makes it even better, you know? But in their next six, they're playing the Nets at home, the Bucks at home. They go on the road against the Grizzlies, the road against the Hawks. Road against the Cavs, and then they're back home to play the Knicks. So this streak may be short-lived for the Rockets, but it has been fun watching them ball out. Their entire bench has stepped up, too. Like Their bench unit of Daniel House, Armani Brooks, Shangun, they're all scoring like 10, 12 points each a night. They're getting 40, 50 bench points from this Rockets team, and that's what's really put them over the top. Jay Sean Tate had like a 30-point near triple-double one of these games. They've been, they've been balling. It's fun to watch. I love watching the Houston Rockets play basketball. They're, they're a much more fun team than I thought they would be. I mean, yeah. I thought they would be fun. You know, Jalen Green, KPJ, Josh Christopher when he gets in. I was like, okay, we're going to see some fun dunks. Alperin Shengun, I was expecting a lot of uh, interesting passes from him. He has thrown the interesting passes. Yeah. But this team has been awesome just in terms of playing really hard together. I love it. All right, one team we're going to talk about them more next episode because we don't have enough time left here. But the one thing I want to say, just because it's a wild stat, the last five games for the Grizzlies, they have literally not trailed for a second. They have gone, they've been winning for 20 straight quarters, winning or tied. No, no, no. They, 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 other than being 0-0, they've been purely winning. Oh. They've not even been tied. It See, I awesome. didn't even know. I just wrote winning or tied because the announcer said that they were, they hadn't been losing. So I was just like, well, they could have been like 2-2, you know, like... Nope, nope. Zero, 20 zero quarters of straight winning. John Morant hasn't played a single second of all of it. And you want to know why? Taylor Jenkins is the coach of the year. 
Dylan Brooks is the MVP. Let's go. We're starting it. Let's go. Well, Dylan well, Brooks and Cole Anthony started my all-star game. Let's go. <laughs> All that, and I'm sure sure more awards to come. Maybe we'll do a, a, the second half of our awards or like two part two of three of our awards and, of and the Grizzlies next part episode. Two is Who just, knows? Part two is just going through everyone on the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> and saying why they're the best player in the NBA. Um, I love seriousness. this Grizzlies roster so much. Just yeah, Desmond Bain. Is Desmond Bain is stepping up. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is stepping up. Brandon Clark is finding his footing again. Xavier Tillman is getting back into it. Santi Aldama was <laughs> getting <balling>. minutes. Getting <laughs> minutes and was balling. It it just uh, Jared Jackson Jr. is taking the offensive leap forward we needed. Yeah, this team is awesome. I saw John Conchar force free throws on a chase down foul while they were up 15 in the fourth quarter today against Miami. Like that is what this Grizzlies team is all about, and we absolutely love it here at Ball Talk. There's no one we love more than these Grizzlies. Uh, they are my favorite team in the NBA right now, as to to to, to watch and just yeah. to be a fan of and cheer up, cheer on. I yeah. I'm gonna send you the gift because I'm sure it'll be all over the internet. Dylan Brooks just strutting and dancing on the Miami floor like midway through the fourth quarter while they're up 20. I was showing, like, I was just showing my roommate so many different Dylan Brooks videos because he's just so good. He's the goat. Best best personality in the end. He, he might actually be my favorite like non-Laker right now. Like, I, I can try to dismiss my Lakers love and bias as much as I can. I think Dylan Brooks might actually. I think I might like Dylan Brooks more than Steph Curry. I think Dylan Brooks might be my favorite player in the NBA. Interesting, like, and that's tough because I love <laughs> Steph Curry. I, I, I don't, know, Chaz. I don't know that we were close back, mm-hmm. like the during the the start of the of the Warriors dynasty. Yeah, I love Steph Curry. I, you I don't, you don't gotta tell me twice. Uh, I, I am in that love, boat. I love Steph Curry. Me, you, Clay Dylan Thompson Brooks. are all riding in that same boat. I love Dylan Brooks so much, man. <laughs> he is such a good basketball player and so fun to watch and a great personality. Yeah. Uh, him winning in Toronto was poetic. <laughs> All right. I think this is a great place to close it out. Yeah. All right. This has been the Ball Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Ball Talk Official. Follow me on Twitter at JayZSock for all the recruiting and high school basketball and recruiting updates. I am not limiting myself to high school basketball. I'm hoping to catch some Juco games this year. Ooh. I have some on my schedule. Well, some that I would like to see if I can get down to them. Uh, mm-hmm. assuming I can get down to Florida where there's a lot of great, great Juco basketball. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube or a podcast platform, make sure you like subscribe, rate and review. It's really an easy way to help us every single time. Thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you for tuning into ball talk. It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Baby. Baby, baby.